0: Hey Welcome to Sunday morning Bible class. We're here at the Little House, uh, one of the uh, orbiting satellite uh, house churches for the Highland Church of Christ. It is Sunday, May 3rd. Uh, you may have noticed I am not Joe Bombayers. Uh He is traveling in the Bay Area that we mentioned uh, previously. Uh, I want to send a special shout out to him and all his family. And uh a special shout out to the Padilla family and uh, to Bobby, we're praying for you, and uh, we're glad that you could be here. Uh, if I say anything controversial, if I raise any points that you would like some follow-up questions, Joe Jovan should be back with us next week, and he will be happy to entertain all of your questions at that time. I repeat, I am not Joe Jovan Paez, but I thank you for joining us for our Sunday morning Bible study. If you've been following along in the Foundations book, you will note that we are now in Hebrews chapter 10, starting with verse 19. And just a preliminary thought about the book of Hebrews, as Jovans mentioned a whole lot, uh, this appears to have been written to uh, Hebrew Christians um, probably mid, late, first century A big thing that the early Christians believed in was that Jesus was coming back. And so now we've gone uh, maybe a couple of decades or more, and Jesus hadn't come back yet. And so some of these early Christians were getting discouraged because they expected the return of Jesus to happen like right now. And so since it hadn't happened yet, it appears that some of those early Christians uh, were feeling the pressure to uh, go back, especially Jewish Christians. Uh, to go back to their way of life in the temple, Um, they would have been ostracized or excommunicated uh, from the temple, uh, from their local synagogue, if they didn't live in Jerusalem. And um, it looks like later on in the passage, we're going to read some some pretty bad things happened. And so uh, a lot of them felt the pressure to kind of go back to their previous way of life. So the Hebrew author is going to develop several Thorough propositions about how um, now that they have Jesus, they have uh, He's better than the angels, Uh, He's better than the prophets, Uh, He's better than Moses, Uh, He's better than the Levitical priest system. Right? Jesus is a better sacrifice than the bulls and goats that were being offered uh, in the temple. Uh, Jesus is uh, the high priest that. Once he made his offering, we read about in uh, chapter 9, he uh, sat down after he made that single sacrifice. Sorry, that's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. And so there's a lot of reasons to uh, persevere, um, to stick to the faith, and and to, to remain faithful. And the Hebrew author is going to develop this point throughout the book. So I say that because Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19... Uh, starts in the English Standard Version, starts with the word therefore. Uh, One of the things I heard often uh, in my own uh, academic pursuits was when you see the word therefore, you have to see what it's there for. The word therefore is uh, a hinge type of word while it establishes a point moving forward, it's anchored on what has just previously been said. I don't start most of my sentences using the word therefore unless I've said something previously. I make a point, uh, one plus one equals two, uh, therefore, and then you can just keep going. So the therefore here in this context has to do with the fact that the Hebrew author did just go to great lengths to talk about how the sacrifices that were offered in the temple Uh, by human priests after the Levitical priesthood uh, offered bulls and goats. Uh, They sprinkled blood uh, on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement. And all of that was just a copy, or or a shadow, of of the heavenly things. Uh, I read from Hebrews chapter 9 and 10 last night on my YouTube channel, uh, Valentine's for Jesus, And it got me to thinking that um, kind of what we do in in the Christian system uh, in its own way uh, is a a copy or a shadow uh, of what Jesus did, regardless of of what's going on around us, right? Regardless of how things are going, whether they're good or whether they're bad. uh, We want to be like our Lord, right? We want to be like Jesus. Uh, He went around. You know, healing people and preaching the good news. You know, the, the kingdom of, of of God is at hand. Now, he could do that just he could do that just on miracles if he wanted to. You know, he could heal people with broken limbs, broken arms, people who were blind, people who were unclean. Um, and for us today, a lot of what we do is we're healing people's hearts and souls through the power of the gospel uh, when we teach the good news about Jesus and the hope that we have in him. So um, that's all I have as far as introductory remarks. So um, therefore, in uh, Hebrews 10, verse 19, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so, first, a word of grace. There are blessings to be had uh, when one enters into a relationship with Jesus Christ, Um, when we have heard the word and when we believe it that, that Jesus died for our sins. And upon that faith, um, we turn our lives around in repentance, Uh, we're buried in water for the forgiveness of our sins, and we receive the Holy Spirit. That gives us access to blessings and grace that we never would have outside of Jesus. Uh, Notice the different blessings that come in this uh, first section. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near that There are three different commands in this first section. To draw near, to hold fast, and to consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. So these are all things that we really don't have the authority to do outside of Jesus. Uh, It's impossible to draw near to God uh, when somebody is lost in their sins on their own merits. Drawing near to God is a right and a privilege that we don't really have. When we're lost in our sins. But since this audience. That the Hebrew writer is writing to. um, They have all obeyed the gospel. They have access to the Holy Spirit. Um, They have been forgiven of their sins. And they can draw near to God. And and, and God will be there to hear them. And and bless them. And uh, give them strength. Next he says. uh, Let us hold fast. The confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful now hold fast is kind of one of those uh old timey phrases that i didn't grow up with i didn't grow up in the church and i didn't grow up reading the bible so when i hear phrases like hold fast i I kind of scratch my head and uh you know maybe you know somebody has a really good way of of describing that and uh we'll, we'll look forward to if somebody raises their hand maybe we'll call on somebody but um, what I really wanted to uh, focus on is this is at a time where it's probably getting harder and harder uh, to confess the hope that they had in the return of Jesus. Since now we're about 20, 30 years minimum from uh, that first day of Pentecost when the church began. Uh, it, it, I might not be so sure. I've been waiting for Jesus to come back for 20 years now, let's say. And it, it hasn't happened. And in other places we read that that's because God is patient. And He doesn't want anyone to perish. But He wants us to uh, come to repentance. But stick to that confession that Jesus is Lord. uh, That Jesus loves me. And Jesus loves everybody. And that He died for us. And that He's coming back to uh, um, have a wedding feast uh, with His church. But um, not only do we continue making that confession without wavering, but consider the fact that it mentions how Jesus is faithful. We stay faithful because Jesus stays faithful. Um, Jesus is a faithful high priest. Uh, He continues to uh, serve on on our behalf, and because of that, uh, we know that uh, we just need to keep doing the right thing, and uh, we need to keep on um, being active as church, as believers, and uh, sticking to this good confession. And then finally, the, the final kind of command in this section. He says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Now, speaking of uh, stirring up. Well, I don't put anything on my coffee, so I don't really have anything to stir. So if you just excuse me for a second. I love this uh, how to stir one another up to love and good works now. If if, now maybe you lead prayers, uh, maybe you lead singing or maybe you you make quilts. I don't know, everybody has uh, some sort of calling, but you know, do what you do knowing that at some point we all need encouragement, Uh, especially now. Um, This is a difficult time. Uh, Everyone has felt some kind of um, anxiety or had an anxious moment and uh, I think we all kind of need to hear from one another, and I'm working at getting better at that and being in touch with one another. Where, you know, we can remind ourselves that you know we're not alone, and whatever happens right now, like, this isn't the end of the story. And so we're going to keep on trying to encourage one another. And he he mentions not. I, I assume the writer of Hebrews is a he. I don't necessarily have evidence to back that up, but. Anyways, the Hebrew writer says not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day coming. Uh, Two things. Uh, One, uh, it would have been very easy for somebody to uh, stop meeting uh, after, you know, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting and things just kind of keep on going the way they've been going. And... The Hebrew writer is trying to encourage them. You know, don't don't forsake the assembly. You know, I know sometimes we have jobs, sometimes we have we have other things going on, but uh, in this particular instance, the the main focus is to keep encouraging one another and not neglecting the the assembly. And I know this is kind of a hard thing to talk about right now because we're in the middle of a global pandemic and a, a public health emergency and There's all these different instructions about social distancing and and staying home, and I know it gets uh, controversial and, you know, maybe we're not doing enough, or maybe we're doing too much, or maybe we need to, uh, you know, we need to go back to life as normal. But, But here's the thing, as Christians, you know, we're called to, you know, pay, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, Jesus once said, so. You know, we, we, we pay our taxes, and, and we pray for our leaders, and uh, we, we pray for the leaders of the world that um, God will use them to create uh, an opportunity for us to live in peace and to proclaim the gospel until Jesus returns. And, and so um, even Paul in, in Romans 13 would write uh, to the Christians there about you know, being uh, good citizens, being obedient, praying for the rulers. And at the same time, this was during a, a political regime where the emperor of Rome was a Caesar by the name of Nero. You know, he was hunting down Christians. He was setting them on fire like uh, candles and lamps in his garden. And, and so at the end of the day, uh, I, I always go back to this phrase that I love. I'm not called to be successful. Um, Jesus was successful. Um, And so I'm not called to be successful per se, I'm called to be faithful. So that's where my focus is. And when we're focused on being faithful, um, the government can do things that I may not like, but as long as they're not telling me to do anything in direct violation uh, with something that Jesus has told me to do, a good example of that would be in the book of Acts, where uh, Peter and John are, are preaching, and then they're arrested, and, and then they're beaten, and they're, they're told to, not, to no longer preach in the name of Jesus any longer. Now, while those uh, priests and leaders told them to do those things um, had some level of authority in their community and in their town, uh, Peter and John remembered who their true Lord is. And of course, they're going to say something like, uh, we ought to obey God rather than man. But in as much as we can and have the ability to, uh, we are called to live a submissive life to, to the government. And so while there are aspects that we may not agree with, we're still called to be faithful. And so... That puts us in a really tricky situation because we are accustomed to meeting in a physical location where we pray together, where we sing together. And in this particular sense, how do we live as good citizens and at the same time do the things that we're accustomed to doing on the first day of the week? So on the one hand, I feel like we don't need to second-guess or, or overstep our boundaries when it comes to complying uh, with the government, especially in this particular situation where we know that our elderly are especially susceptible uh, you know, to COVID-19, and of course our congregation has a significant percentage of people in that age range. So. Again, what does Jesus tell us? Like, our two biggest commands are to love God and to love our neighbor. And so, of course, you know, we want to take extra precaution when it comes to loving our neighbor if there is an illness going around that especially is especially harmful uh, to those in that certain age range. And, And so, um, If it's a little alarming to read this particular passage, you know, about not forsaking the assembly, of course, we've been blessed with with technology that would look like magic to people that lived maybe even 40 years ago. Um, We do have the ability, even for those that don't have the internet or computers, I know we're working on DVDs and uh, giving uh, access to people who might just have a television and a DVD player. Uh, and I know those people are being taken into consideration. And then along with Zoom and, and, and Facebook, uh, we do have the ability to gather in some way, shape or form. And even um, after this, we'll publish a video of us singing together and observing the Lord's Supper. And even if there's like lag time, if there's a delay, Um, if, let's say, we're off by a few minutes, we're not singing or praying at the exact same time, the good news about God is He is eternal and time appears to not really exist kind of in His presence. It's something that regulates us, not Him. Um, If we're singing and praying to the same God, even though we might be separated by a few minutes or hours, and so He's going to be there and He's going to I know He'll... uh, Be honored and glorified when we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. So, uh, moving right along from that, he says, Encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, we can stop and unpack that a little bit right here, but I think we're going to see some connections later on in this chapter uh, to kind of give us an idea of, of what's going on in this particular verse. So, having said that if you're just joining us uh spoiler alert i am not jovan please keep jovan in your prayers as uh, he and the family travel to the bay area and are with the padilla family and uh, again special shout out to uh you know bobby love you praying for you now the next section starting in chapter 10 verse 26 the hebrew writer continues for if we go on sinning deliberately After receiving the knowledge of the truth There no longer remains A sacrifice for sins But a fearful expectation Of judgment And a fury of fire That will consume the adversaries Anyone who has set aside The law of Moses Dies without mercy On the evidence of two or three witnesses How much worse punishment Do you think Will be deserved by the one Who has spurned the son of God has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace for we know him who said vengeance is mine I will repay and again the Lord will judge his people it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God so that's a pretty short section but it's pretty heavy I've In different times in my life, I've read over passages like this, and uh, I've been really uncomfortable uh, thinking about them or talking about them to others, Uh, especially for someone in my situation where I didn't grow up in the church. Uh, I was 19 years old when uh, Jovan started to teach me about Jesus, and uh, I had already given myself over to some really... Detrimental activities and habits and patterns of behavior. And when I first obeyed the gospel and had my sins forgiven, and I walked up out of that watery grave to walk in newness of life, um, I, I had the most immense joy. Uh, I had a peace that surpassed all my understanding. Uh, I remember those first few days just hoping, like any day now, Jesus is going to come back, you know, and we're we'll going to be taken up and. I, you know it's going to be something amazing and and I literally at that point in my life like I couldn't wait to die like I was just waiting for, for better things to come and uh, it only took a few days and um, you know I, I got caught up in a situation that I wasn't uh, spiritually mature enough uh, to deal with and you know and I stumbled and I remember being so ashamed and afraid I had no you know I didn't want to talk about it Uh, I kinda, even in Jovan, I kinda just kept it to myself for a a couple of years. And it was one of those things that ate at me, and it was agonizing, and it was so disappointing um, to go from a place of of pure joy, and and then all of a sudden, um, this phrase isn't original with me. Um, Jovan teased this phrase last week, and uh, I actually, I got it from my college roommate, Jeremy Marshall who preaches in stock and shout out, love you, miss you. And um, we we talk about um, some of the tenets of Calvinism sometimes. And and one of them, it seems to be refuted in this passage. Uh, We remember it with the acronym TULIP. You have uh, total depravity, uh, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, perseverance of the saints. That perseverance of the saints is a teaching that has summarized our state of grace um, accordingly that uh, a child of God can never sin in such a way that they'd be lost. That is not what this particular text teaches. Uh, it appears that if a, a Hebrew that was converted to Christianity, uh, and then because of the pressure that they were facing, um, decided to stop attending, um, they renounced the faith, um, They went back to the Hebrew system. Those are the people that, A, are forsaking the assembly uh, in chapter 10, verse 23. And because now they are no longer in fellowship with Jesus and his church, there now no longer remains for them a sacrifice for sins. And there are several passages that bear this out. In fact, Bryce and I had... A really interesting conversation It actually started uh, with you know verse 28 through 31 a, a few nights ago before we even knew that we would be studying this passage together and, and i think of verses that when i finally realized the context and this is about really falling away from the church to uh, go to a different kind of life i think of passages like 1 john uh, chapter 1 around verse 7 and 9 where Uh, John writes, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, and we have fellowship with one another, the the blood of Jesus continues to cleanse us. So even though we we can't all be in the same building like we're used to, we're the church. The church is made up of people. Um, The church existed before there were church buildings. You you read the book of Romans and everyone he's writing to, like those are house churches. If, If anything, this pandemic has forced us to rediscover our roots of what the earliest churches looked like once they were kicked out of the temple in, in Acts chapter 3. All of a sudden, everybody's a house church. And, and so, if anything, it's like we're, we're dialing it back for a little while. Really going back. You know, you want to restore the, the churches, you read about it in the Bible. That, that's really kind of what we have going on right now. And, and other situations too. There was a young man caught in a sexually immoral relationship uh, with his stepmother. In, in First Corinthians, and, and Paul gives the church uh, instructions on, you know, how to deal with it, and, and they go through this process of this fellowshipping, which is basically, when you read Matthew 19, and um, he has this conversation with Peter about how many times shall I forgive my brother, um, and then he's just like, look, you know, first if you have a problem, you go to somebody one-on-one, and, and if they don't hear you, then you come back and bring somebody else. And if they still they won't listen to you, you know, bring it to the church. And if this individual, you know, wasn't going to stop sleeping with the stepmother at that point, that would be uh, when the church would withdraw fellowship from him. And reading 2 Corinthians, it appears that that was actually effective. um, Because there comes a point where Paul is telling them that, like, they're being too hard on him and they need to let him back in. And so, having said all of that... I, I want to say, on the one hand, we can uh, neglect this salvation. We can uh, forsake the assembling of the saints, and we can live in a way uh, where we no longer have access. Uh, we're no longer walking in the light. And so we no longer have access to that, that blood that continually cleanses us. And, and, and even in James chapter 5, when somebody is struggling with a certain kind of sin, James tell instructs, us, you know, believers, uh, to confess our sins one another so that we will be healed. So there's two different things happening in 1 John chapter 1 and in James 5. Uh, we walk in the light. We continue to assemble. We continue to sing. We continue to pray. We continue to observe the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. The blood of Jesus continually cleanses us. So that's for forgiveness. But if I'm struggling with a particular kind of sin that I might be getting forgiveness, but I keep falling back to it, that, that's a, like an illness, almost, where, in James 5, we confess to one another for healing. It, it's in the healing where we start developing uh, the strength and the skills and the tools uh, to move beyond the, the kind of snares and temptations that used to trap us. So, um, the thing, the quote that um, my college roommate, Jeremy Marshall, used to always say is, is a little bit different than Calvinism, where we think, um, you know, it's one saved, always saved. is is how we abbreviate that uh, perseverance of the saints concept in Calvinism. And and in the church, even my own experience that I just described, uh, and I've heard it from so many others as well, is um, when we're still, especially younger and newer in the faith, and maybe don't know the word as well as we'd like to, uh, we have this idea in our head, and it kind of sounds like this phrase, um, once saved, always in doubt. And it's really easy to forget kind of who does the saving, you know, it, it's Jesus it? mm-hmm. and then we keep on, um, you know, doing what he tells us, we keep showing up, we keep worshiping him and he continues to cleanse us and forgive us, it, that's all grace. I mean, that, that's Jesus being faithful um, where we didn't have the ability to save ourselves. Uh, but on the other hand, um, there there does appear to be the fact that you can fall away. But on the other hand, uh, this idea of, you know, once saved, always in doubt or not sure, um, we struggle with that. But there's these different examples, Uh, you know, the person caught, you know, in sin with his mother-in-law, it it looks like there was a road back from him for him. And as long as we uh, continue to do these things that are written I feel like we can be confident, and uh, we, we're gonna see that in this following section. Starting in verse 32. But recall the former days, when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated, Yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. There's some words in there that are not like what I just talked about as far as... You know, when you're once saved, always in doubt. We, we see words like confidence. Uh, in a previous uh, part of the chapter, you know, we see about approaching the throne of grace uh, with boldness. And so, let's look, starting back with verse 32. Even though there is a really strong warning, there's a really serious warning that Hebrew writer's getting really tough, but the Hebrew writer continues to coach. When he says, recall the former days when you were enlightened, that's something good coaches do. They, they help us flip back uh, to times when we were successful. Maybe there was a drill and we ran it in practice over and over and over again. And uh, I'll sports metaphors but, and analogies, but when, whatever it is that you wanna do, whether it's playing the piano, or maybe it's a certain activity, game, uh, arts and crafts, hobbies, just by practicing, by doing it over and over and over, uh, you get to the point where even when you're not doing it, you can visualize what does it look like to to go through all the steps and hurdles that uh, we need to do in order to accomplish our, our goals. Muscle memory. And muscle memory is a great one because it's, One of the hardest things to ever teach somebody verbally only is how to tie their shoes. (laughs) I cannot put together a string of verbal instructions that would be sufficient to communicate my understanding of how to tie my shoes to anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a three-year-old child. It doesn't matter if you're a rocket scientist. I can't just do it verbally. I have to uh, revert back to muscle memory and I can give an example, if we put our shoes together side by side, and by muscle memory, you'll see like one string goes over the other, they cross, they loop the loop, they do some different things. It's like riding a bicycle, right? Once you learn how to ride a bicycle, it, only a traumatic brain injury will basically make you forget how to do it. And, and so it's one of those things, you can't really describe to somebody. you can show them but they kind of have to develop that, that muscle memory. And then once they do, they never forget how to do it. And, and that says a lot about practice, as far as, you know, as long as we are in the practice of showing up, we're in the practice uh, of singing together, we're in the practice of, of praying together, confessing our sins to one another and praying for one another, and, and reading the Bible together. That those are all things that we practice and not necessarily to get better, I, I say practice in that it's out of, like, habit, routine. It's something that we're committed to doing, you know, every week. And, and, and as we do that, it does become more instinctive. And uh, so... Part of our character. Yeah, so the Hebrew author is reminding them, you know, remember especially the, the hardships. There were struggles, there were sufferings. Imagine if, when we take Jesus' teachings literally, you start wondering, well, how are these people being plundered and uh, you know, being treated so badly? What happens when we start taking Jesus literally, uh, when they pass down the, you know, the sayings of Jesus and then the Gospels start getting published? You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and all of a sudden, you know, they start reading passages like Jesus tells them if somebody you know, strikes you on the left cheek, turn the other to him also. And it's like, oh, they, they, very many of them it appears were not, you know, being violent. There were- They weren't resisting evil. Yes, I mean, you look at early Christians who were um, basically being put to death. At, at a time when, if there was ever a time when Christians should have like rose up against the government, it, it would have been when people like Paul were being martyred. Uh, when Peter, historic, or his legend would have it, he was being crucified upside down. Uh, if there was ever a group of Christians that should have retaliated to, to what the government was trying to do, it would have been these first century Christians who apparently are you know, getting beaten, they're being arrested, they're being plundered, all these different things are happening. But, however, it shows that they, have, they were known for their compassion. For you had compassion on those in prison, They were known for being joyful. It says you joyfully accepted the plundering of your home since you knew that yourselves had a a better possession. And that possession is so encompassing. It it includes our salvation. It includes everything the Hebrew writer's been writing about. Um, They have the better priest who made a sacrifice one time and then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. As opposed to the sacrifices in the Mosaic system where it was There were sacrifices being offered daily. And then there were other sacrifices being offered year after year. But what we have in Jesus is so much better. Better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. We can be confident that Jesus loves us. And that he died for us. And that he is faithful. And he is coming back. For you have a need of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And remember earlier, uh, in verse 25, uh, encouraging one another to the point where, because the day is coming, uh, the day is drawing near, and I think in the in the context, the author uh, gives us a clue as to what we're talking about, uh, see, if you had a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. Uh, there's different opinions on what the day is in this passage. Uh, some people think it's a different time when like, Jerusalem would be destroyed and, and whatnot. But in the end of the day, the, one of the, the things that the writer mentions to wrap up this chapter is the coming one will come and will not delay. And then he says, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. This is a time, especially now that we're being connected uh, with technology and we're at a distance, and we look forward some point soon uh, to being together again. But while things are hard, and while things can be discouraging, and while we're, we're waiting and waiting you know, for Jesus' return. and. And the world just seems to get more and more swirly day by day. Instead of being frightened or discouraged or kind of retreating, this is a time where we're being called, you know, to step up. You know, let's figure out the technology. Let's figure out how to connect to the people that you know can't do, don't have people living with them. Uh, I'm super blessed to be around people that are willing to go pray and and study the Bible and sing together and and put out videos for people that don't have anyone to do that stuff with right now. And so, you know, we, we can't shrink back right now. This is a time where our, our faith is going to motivate us to, to step up and to do things that will uh, encourage and and inspire and motivate. And so hopefully that, uh, is a reasonable summary of the test that uh, we're assigned this week. Uh, again, if you're somehow now just joining us, I'm not Joe on, and uh, we're praying for him while he's away, and uh, he'll be, should be back next week. If you have any questions about anything that uh, we discussed in this lesson, uh, I would ask you to reroute those questions to him because he <laughs> likes doing that. He, he's good at it, and. Uh, uh, that he'll kind of let me off the hook as far as that goes if I've said anything uh, incorrect or, or misleading. But uh, I, I thank you for uh, the opportunity. Uh, I just want to, Based on this passage, I just want to encourage everybody, don't lose your focus. Uh, keep praying, keep singing, keep studying, uh, keep showing up. And if we don't somehow make it back to the building all together in one piece uh, in this life, know that uh, we have an eager anticipation spending eternity forever with our uh, risen Lord and